The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk and co-host who will be Mark Loving. Mark, we almost didn't have Chris, and we have Chris with us co-hosting too. You guys there? I'm here. I'm here as well, James. <laughs> it's good to be around and do a show with you guys. Um, been getting a lot of raves about you and Chris, how great y'all doing with the show. Appreciate it. You know, everywhere I go, people talking to me about it. So I want to thank you guys again, Mark and Chris. Well, it's, it's well, be the same without you, though, so it's always great to have you on the show. So. Well, I got to bow down to you and Mark today, so, you know, I had to be on a day to tell you, you guys were right, you know, that Super Bowl, um, Broncos did win that defense, so let's talk a little bit about it, and uh, we're supposed to have a guest, Nesby, uh, we're trying to get over him, see what he think of it, but I want to get you guys' thoughts on, you know, um, I just thought, you know, Cam Newton, you know, everybody said that Denver defense, but um, I have to agree, Denver defense did show up, well, I mean, but... To me, it just seemed like Cam was just, it wasn't a game for him. But either nervous or Cam played a big game first time. Uh, what do you guys think? Go ahead, Mark. Okay, yeah, James, uh, you know, it's funny. I talked to you a little bit earlier this week. We were talking about how uh, um, back in the day, uh, T.O. Uh, called out Donovan McNabb for being nervous in the Super Bowl. And I, I don't know. You know, I don't know if he was necessarily nervous. I think uh, it was kind of like we talked about last week. You know, Carolina all season has has kind of been just a front runner, and they've jumped out to these big leads, and you know everybody kind of relaxes, and you can kind of take a deep breath and and be aggressive offensively and defensively at that point. And um, you know, uh, you know, Denver came out and they they punched him right in the mouth and. And they stopped them cold, you know, uh, offensively. And of course, they got that uh, the strip sack touchdown early. And uh, it was to me, it was kind of reminiscent of the, uh, you know, the Broncos a couple of years ago when they were in the Super Bowl, and they just uh, right off out of the gate, Seattle, you know, just uh, kind of imposed their will on them. You know, they had that safety. I think first play, the first offensive play of the game. And, um, and, you know, it kind of was similar in, in that regard. I think at that point, uh, Denver certainly, you know, kind of went into a shell and, uh, they, they realized that they were, they were in trouble. And, um, and, and the same can be said, I think, for, for Carolina. Uh, you know, they just didn't, uh, they didn't perform well after that. And, 
you know, they, they didn't they didn't handle adversity very well. They really didn't, and um, you know, Denver took advantage of it. What do you think, Chris? Well, what, what I was saying, and and I, I even said this last week, is that Carolina has not faced a defense like Denver. That's that's the whole thing. They they have they've been playing games just running people over, you know, except when they played against, um, they, they lost against Atlanta, I believe, was the only loss they had in the regular season. But they never played a defense like Denver. And Denver, for some reason during the playoffs, has been in sync. They have just been just knocking people down during the playoffs. And people just weren't taking them, you know, Cam wasn't taking them serious. And this is the first time that he's actually faced this, this horrible defense, and and couldn't do anything with it. That's so true. I I don't know if if it wasn't that he was, you know, prepared or what. I just I just don't believe he knew what was coming. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, Mark. What Chris said because I don't think um, you said. I think they play Seattle, um, Carolina. Um, you know, I think. You know, that defense for them, I mean, they showed up, but I think Cam shredded every defense that they brought to him, you know, during the year, the goal, you know, what the record was. So I, I couldn't, I, I mean, I, I think, okay, the defense, but I just think Cam, like, well, when I talked to Mark, you know, like they say, that big games, and, you know, Donovan didn't show, you know, he's nervous, and it was Cam's first time, and, and I just think, he couldn't handle it. He just couldn't handle it. I mean, you know, the dimmer pressure, but he was he was so nervous, and that's why he couldn't handle it. Because his throws was, you know, over, you know, he had time to throw. But, you know, I just think that pressure of the Super Bowl, his first time, and plus also running his mouth during the season, you know, this is a big game. This ain't the season, you know, where you can line up next week and play another game, you know. So, I mean, I see what you're saying, Chris, he, the defense, but... In the defense, you know, got shredded, you know, with Pittsburgh, you know? So it ain't like they can be beat, but I don't know. What are you guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, Chris has been saying all year, you know, and I give her credit for it. It's, you know, kind of whichever defense plays the best is going to win. And I do think Denver's defense played exceptionally. And I, I think, uh, you know, they've had, they had a few a few games in there that, that uh, like you said, that Pittsburgh game where, where Pittsburgh was able to do some uh, some damage to them, but uh, you know that was regular season. You know in the playoffs, it just seems like they turned it up to an entirely different level. You know, shutting down Pittsburgh that first game, and then uh, of course uh, New England, and then and then uh, uh, Carolina. I mean, I I don't know. They were just hitting on all cylinders, and and uh, you know Von Miller um, in a contract year uh, just played out of his out of his mind. And um, you know, I do think I see I do think they they bring more to the table. You know, I know Seattle had you know some great runs, um, but I think Seattle's defense wasn't quite up to you know what they had been doing the past couple of years. You know, I think they were they were down a little bit this year. Um, so I do think Denver had the better defense. You know, uh, and and gave them different looks than even Seattle would. And uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, again, I just think. You know, and, and the other thing, you know, that we talked about last week was um, the fact that Denver had really been tested so much uh, at the end of the season. You know, they played all those um, games with the playoff, with a literally a playoff berth on the line, and uh, and against really good competition, you know, Kansas City and 
uh, a couple times, of course, and then they played, you know, Green Bay and Pittsburgh. And, you know, they, they had some really, really tough games uh, towards the end of the year, and I think that really uh, that they had to win. And they just kind of got on a roll and, uh, you know, and won those. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I do think uh, – I'm going to go with Chris on this one. I do think it was, uh, you know, that, that defense was just, was just something else. And, and you know, the, when they, they just have such a unique combination with their, their guys up front. I mean, they clogged the middle, you know, with Wolf and Jackson in there. And then, you know, from the ends, uh, you know, Marcus Ware and, and uh, Miller – you know, they just, they, you know, I know they didn't sack him a whole lot, but, man, they put pressure on him. And, you know, he, he wasn't comfortable back there, you know, just sitting back and, and, and trying to find open receivers. I mean, he, he, had to, he had to speed up his clock a little bit. And, uh, and then the other part of the, the Denver defense is just their, their defensive backs are, are so good, you know, Tlaib and Chris Harris and, and Roby. I mean, those guys just, uh, you know, they're world-class defenders and, and – uh, like I said, they just kind of gelled at the right time at the end of the year, and of course at the you know the biggest game of the year. So it was very impressive. Yes, I I, I agree. I mean, I was saying that uh, I I think I even under my breath when we're watching the game. I mean, when when Denver caused that fumble and got that defensive touchdown, I was saying to myself. I mean, I wasn't sure Broncos were going to win going in because of how great the offense is for Carolina. But once I saw that touchdown, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, Broncos are going to probably win. <laughs> They're going to win. So, you know, it was it was just amazing to watch them play and just tear tear Cam Newton apart. He's, he's so big. We've talked about how big he is. He's as big as some of the linebackers that he faces. And for him to be as big and as strong as he is, you know, it's hard to knock him down. He's 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 agile. He can move. You know, he has so many different plays, and he just stood back there. They they, they kept him, as they said, in the box. They kept him, you know, in in there. That he didn't let him move much, and and he it's like a like a, a, a he was cornered, and he was he was nervous, and and they they didn't know how to react even in the second half. You know, they went in the halftime, and they didn't have plays to react to all this defense. You know, to to adjust to it. So, I mean, Denver and Wade Phillips. You know, we talked about it last night or last week that Wade Phillips. You know, he's he's the one that 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 you know came up with all these schemes for the defense, and you know, just a brilliant brilliant defensive mind to do this. Absolutely, and Jim, to your point too. You know, I, I'm not discounting the fact that that Ken was nervous because I mean, you know, that that first. I don't know if it was the first drive or the second drive. I mean, he had a, a wide receiver just wide open in the flat. And, uh, I mean, he, he overshot him by 10 yards. And he was, uh, it was one of those, you know, the worst passes that you'll ever see. And, uh, I, you know, that, maybe that kind of rattled him, you know, just like, whoa, hey, uh, this, this is a little different than, than what I'm used to here. Uh, the stakes are a lot higher and, you know, you need to amp up or whatever the case may be. But, uh, yeah, I do think that, that nerves probably did play a little part in that. Uh, and, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't really think that was going to happen with him because, you know, he's, he's won a national championship in college and, and, uh, and in junior college. And, you know, he's just been so – the spotlight's been on him, you know, all season long, and really since he's been in college. And uh, he seems to 
really clamor for the for the attention and, and the spotlight. And uh, I really was was surprised that he uh, he played as poorly as he did. It was, it was kind of shocking, actually. Right. You know, I still got this video, Chris, because, you know, I mean, I know when I play, you know how it is when you do something. I was so nervous until, you know, I, I got that first hit when they first tackled me, you know, then it jitters out of me. I'm nervous as hell. But it seemed like Cam never got out of his nervousness. They didn't see. Like you said, Mar, he overthrew the receivers. And when I watch football, I just watch the receivers because that's what I play. I like to see what they do. They were getting open. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what he was talking about, Cam dogging his receivers and all that, but they were getting open. And I just didn't right. think Cam got out of his nervousness. I mean, even if you go to halftime, like Chris say, they never made no adjustments. He didn't make nothing. You know, I'm sure they went in there and made adjustments. Hey, Cam, we got to do this. This is open. He never made it because he never got out of that one, you know, pass. So, you know, he just kept... I think he just stayed in a nervous stage, you know, and he never got comfortable to get out of it, you know. Like me, it took me and Tackle that first time. I don't know what it took for Cam. I think that big game was just too much for him, and he couldn't. And like you said, Brian, overthrew the receivers. And he wasn't doing that during the season. I mean, you see in the second half of all that game, he was coming out killer. Absolutely. <laughs> so Definitely. I just think, you know, the other defense, but – I just still think oh, his nervousness, he never settled, and he was still nervous, and it just kept, you know, like when you tell a lie, I keep telling another no, and he just kept getting more and more no, because what they was doing, he had no, you know, he didn't know, he didn't know what to do, cause he, you know? I mean, look at what he had to fumble on the ground. He was so damn no, he didn't jump on the ball, you know? Absolutely, yeah. He, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know that jump on it. And you're thinking, am I going to get hurt? Hell, this is Super Bowl. Ain't no game yeah. tomorrow, you know, next week, you know? <laughs> yeah, let's. Yeah, I think yeah. we got to pause here a little bit and take a break, and uh, we'll come back. I want to talk about that a little bit more, James, about that uh, uh, that fumble and, break and uh, we'll right back. that situation, because that was pretty crazy. All right, we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play by play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host, Loving Sports Talk, and co-host with me, Mark and Chris. Mark and Chris, we got a gentleman, I guess, on the line. I got to say something first. I was fortunate enough to meet him at Super Bowl. <laughs> we got to talking and chatting, and I was like amazed by just sitting there talking to this gentleman, just listening to what he had to say. And we connected from there. So i like to introduce our guest, Ned Z. Glasgow. You that, Ned? I'm here, James. Pleasure to be on your radio show again. <laughs> well, Ness, Chris Mark, let's let's jump away at Nesby about this. But, but um, before we went to break, we was talking about, you know, Cam Newton and, you know, all he did. I thought he was nervous and, you know, not jumping on that fumble. Kind of thought, didn't know what you think Nesby was going on. Then I'm going to have the guys, you know, answer and ask you questions. Go ahead, Ness. Uh, I mean, I think he sized it up, you know, correct, Uh he just wasn't in the right state of mind, and, and you hate to go into that game. And you can see his mind. You know, I'd even go and say he was somewhat overwhelmed by it. Uh, and it ran all the way through the post game. I mean, when you talk about him not falling down on the fumble, at least not trying to get the fumble, you know, uh, that play is going to be played back time and time again, and it's going to be played in his head time and time again, you know, why didn't I dive after the ball? Because he had a chance to get the recovery, and if he makes that recovery, you know, it's a different game. So, I mean, there, there was so much going on with him that his mind was, he's not in the right state of mind, I guess, because most of the time, uh, Cam is, is, is very relaxed, you know, he's jovial, he's joking, but, you know, he had that uh, that look, you know, like a deer with head, you know, in the headlights, so he just didn't look like he was really set and ready to play on the stage that he was on. So, Nesby, do you think that's a, uh, do you think that's nerves, or do you think you, you would you credit the, the Denver defense for for kind of showing them things that they hadn't seen all year long, and and uh, you know really um, just uh, kind of shutting down you know what they were wanting to do. Well, well, no, I, I, I think it more so was nerves because, I mean, and, and not just with Cam, I, I thought, you know, what they did, they, they really ran a conservative game and they 
relied more on their defense as opposed to really letting the offense get started. I mean, when you look at when Cam did run, he was very successful. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, he's not just a great passer. He's also, you know, he's, he's one of the, if you talk about, you know, quarterbacks that can really do it all, he's almost at the top of the list. But especially when you talk about guys that can run, he's a quarterback that can run. So even if you're having those issues passing the ball, you had certain creases that he could have taken, at least to keep the chains moving. But, you know, for whatever reason, they wanted him to stay in the pocket and try to be that pocket passer, and that's not really what he does. Yeah, and, you know, as a as a Bronco fan, you know, rooting for the Broncos in that game, I mean, I was, you know, my biggest fear going in was that uh, Cam was going to beat the Broncos with his feet and then, you know, run around crazy and, you know, get a move the chains, uh, you know, on, on with with his feet. And, yeah, I was, I was pretty surprised that uh, – but they didn't implement more of that into the game plan because I mean, when he was dropping back, I you know I felt pretty, pretty comfortable that uh, you know that the the Broncos were going to defend him and something you know good was going to happen defensively for them. I wasn't worried in the least really when he was just dropping back trying to trying to hit his receivers, especially after the, the you know the way the game started off. Well, well, when you, when you look at it from the beginning to the end, the way uh, the markers were. And by Miller dominated their tackles, you know, why wouldn't you have some running plays? Just, just kind of slow those guys down a little bit. Uh, you know, because, you know, he's, he's athletic enough to run to the hole, make a guy miss, and before he takes that tough shot, slide. So, you know, they, they, they didn't do that. They, they never adjusted to the great play of, of their defense, essentially. You know, he was pressured, you know, most of the day. And so you can start doing screens, you know, you can start doing draws, or you can have your quarterback run to kind of slow guys down just a half a step or so. Because they were giving their defensive tackles wind burns. They were going by him so fast. So it wasn't like he could go back and set up, scan the field, and then throw the ball. He had to make a choice and throw it now, you know, or, or get hit. Definitely. Yeah, and it seemed like they were, you know, they were – they they did try to run it. It seemed like you know on the on on first down anyways, but it, it just seemed like every first down they'd run, uh, you know, get stifled kind of up the middle, and then you know they'd be in second second and ten. Like it seemed like every every drive was like that, and and they they didn't adjust and they didn't try to mix it up a little bit, you know, throw on first down or or like you said, you know, like on the second and ten, you know, maybe try a draw play or something like that to to, to mix it up. It was. It just seemed like the, the, the game plan for Carolina was, was extremely predictable, and, and it seemed like Denver knew exactly what they were trying to do, and, and it was really, it seemed easy for them to stop it. You know, I think it was a situation where, you know, you, you can look at a team on tape, and then you can look at your personnel, and you can say to yourself, that, well, they're not going to be able to do that to us. And they were. Yeah. And they had no adjustment for what... Uh, Denver's defense was doing to their offense. They had no plan B. Well, that's true. I, I, I kind of agree with you. Okay. I kind of agree with you, Dad. Before you got on, um, Chris and Mark were saying that defense, but I was like, you man, that was nervous because even if what happened in the first half, he should have came out second half, settled down, but he didn't look like he settled down, did it, man? He was all still nervous. Uh, you no, know, he, he he never looked like the guy that we had saw. In the previous games, we, we, you know, 
Is he cocky? Is he arrogant? Of course. But the one thing he's also done to, he's always ignited his sideline. He's always rallied the troops. And you never saw him rallying the troops on the sideline. You never saw that side of him that made him that, to me, that significant guy on the team. Not just the guy that can throw the ball and, and run, but the guy that can provide leadership and, and get those guys to give even more. And he kind of just it's like he was overwhelmed, so he he wasn't his regular self, and and because of that, you know, he that's why he played the way he played. So, the, but my question though, Nesby, is um, I I know that the Carolina defense. I mean, people aren't giving them credit. They they actually held Denver to 141 yards, you know, because and, and they they would they would you know cause plays to be broken, you know. But the, the, their defense actually did a pretty good job. Do you agree? I, I, here's my take. I, I had no question that uh, Carolina's defense would, would, would dominate uh, Denver's. In, in fact, you know, you can say that because of Denver's defense, uh, uh, they were able to win in spite of, of Peyton Manning. And, and, you know, and I have utmost respect for Peyton Manning. But, you know, that's not the old Peyton Manning. So, you know, he can't do the things that he once was able to do. Now, he's, a, he's an inspiration to the young guys on the team and the defense. But in terms of him taking over a game like he's done in the past and, and being that, having that dominant arm strength and, and, and the precision, those days are past, you know. And I was pulling for Denver because he's, he's had such a great career. I wanted Denver to win, and I knew the only way that would happen would be that Denver's defense would play dominating football because I don't think Carolina's defense gets enough credit for how good they are and and how well they have played most of the year. So it hasn't been just because their offense has been scoring points. Their defense has also been shutting people down, getting turnovers, and, and, and making big plays when they need to. So... I had no doubt in my mind that Denver's defense would really have Denver. I mean, I'm seeing Carolina's defense would have uh, Denver struggling, and they did. So that 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 wasn't the thing. But what happened was, when you suffocate an offense the way Denver did, and where the quarterback every time he's getting ready to set up, he has to move, run, and adjust. That that means it's a jailbreak. That means you have guys coming at the middle, guys coming on the outside. And so he could never get set. He could never get comfortable. And, and, and he never did. You know, the, the entire game, the game, he was moving his feet, you know, missing throws, throwing high balls. So that lets you know right there that he's not comfortable. When the quarterback consistently throws the ball high, he is not comfortable. Yeah, and, you know, it was kind of it was one of those games where, you know, you know we talked. I was rooting for, for Denver myself, and, I mean, I felt way more comfortable when Denver was on defense than, than when they were on offense. Yeah. I was afraid that exactly, you know, Ma- mm-hmm. you know, that Manning was going to throw a a touchdown pass to Luke Keekley or something like that, you know. And uh, it was it was kind of cringeworthy watching watching Denver try to muddle through and and, and gain yards on offense. But I mean, that's just uh, that just shows how dominating their defense was. It was um, you know the, to be able to to, to put up uh, you know twenty four points. Without uh, really any offensive uh, movement whatsoever, it was it was impressive by their D for yes, sure. It was. 
Hold on, guys. We got to take a break. When we come back, I have more questions for you, Naz and Chris. But this is James Love and Love and Sports. I will be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame lassiter formerly with the arizona cardinals san diego chargers and st louis rams Kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is your host, Chris Marwitz. And James had to step out for the the rest of the show so you have me and Mark Mark um, it, it's always good to have you here to, to bounce things off of and of course we have as our guest Nesby Glasgow Nesby how are you today I'm doing real well quite well oh great so during the break we were kind of talking about um, two years ago when Seattle won and I remember listening to you you know you were walking to the, to the party that uh, the city was throwing for the, the parade and such that they were throwing for, for the Seattle Seahawks, and Denver just got through doing that, and um, I was watching it yesterday, and it's, it's, it's something to be proud of, isn't it? Oh, it's definitely something to be proud of. I mean, when, when that occurs, everybody in the city takes part. Even the people that don't even live in the city any, anymore take pride, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, to the victor goes the spoils. You know, I, I think sometimes we forget about the losing team, and we we don't want to give them any type of respect. But it's so difficult to even get to that Super Bowl finale. And But to have your team win it all, you know, you get to pat yourself on the back, you know, for the next 365 days until 
the next Super Bowl game, or you know, if your team doesn't make the playoffs and they're out, so whenever that occurs. Right. Right. That's very true. So, so I guess the question that I have is: so after the game was over and the players are being interviewed, Cam Newton was sort of uh, short with his answers and ended up walking out. And some people claim that he was a sore loser, and he even kind of self-admitted it that he was. You know, how how do you, how do you describe this behavior or? You know his 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 reaction. Uh, you know, I, I think you can look at it from a, a couple of different perspectives. You know, one being, you know, lack of maturity. Uh, you know, another being uh, lack of professionalism. I mean, I've I've heard a lot of take on guys where you know he was just being who he is. Well, you know, if that's who he is, then that still doesn't make it right. And at the end of the day. You know, you put your big boy pants on and you you have a conversation about what took place. You know, whether you won or lost, you know, you should be able to be up on that podium and say, hey, even if the guy is in, you know, you're hearing him, you know, say some things, you have to, you know, stay within yourself and just, you know, talk about what you guys should have done, what I should have done, the mistakes that happened, and, you know, we're going to do everything we can to redeem ourselves by getting back here next year. So it didn't happen for us this year. You know, my hat's off to to Denver. You know, you know, we got all played tonight, but that's just how it happens sometimes. But instead of doing that, you know, he's given it's like he's a you know a five year old that, that that just you know you know he can't get his piece of candy or whatever. And uh, you know, it's time to go to bed. He doesn't want to go to bed. You know, he he just had that type of disposition where you kind of like. You know, you're 26, 27 years old. You know, you got to be able to deal with life better than that, so to speak. But, I mean, I've I've heard different pundits say, you know, he should be free to be who he is. And if that's who he is, then that doesn't speak well to him. So that's just my opinion. And then you you touched on earlier about, you know, the leadership that that he showed kind of all season long. Um, And, you know, they obviously led them to, you know, 15-1. Season well, and, yes, I mean, yeah, that, that's what kind of, you know, really disturbed me because, you know, mm-hmm. Izzy, as like I said earlier, you know, yeah, he's, you know, he's very cocky and, and, you know, braggadocious, but he's also a great team leader, or he has been. You know, he's been the guy on the sideline to rally the troops, you know, the cheerlead for his teammates and stuff, and that didn't take place in the Super Bowl. I mean, the biggest game of his career, you know, uh, he became an introvert. You know, he, he he wasn't that outspoken guy on the sideline that got his troops rallied and, and fired up. You know, you didn't see a whole lot of that going on at the Super Bowl. So it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I was asked that I think he was in the, the, the right state of mind. He wasn't in the best state of mind, that's for sure. And that's what he does so well is rallying the troops because those guys look up to him and they, they have expectations of him. And so when he kind of got stuck, uh, and that emotional state of mind he was in, it didn't help his other teammates either because they can look at him and see that, you know, Cam's not where he needs to be, and he's our leader. So if your leader's not where he needs to be, then the troops are going to always struggle more. So you right. don't think someone else could have stepped up and, and helped out possibly? Oh, there's no question. But but I think it's one of those things where they, they're so used to him doing what he does, I mean, let's face it, I mean, he's the MVP of the National Football League. True. You know, he was the baddest guy, voted by his peers in the press and whatever. 
you know, that the top MVP vote-getter in the National Football League, and because he's a, he was always able to rally his troops, he was always that voice that if he said something, those guys took it to heart more than somebody else on the team saying something. Yeah. So, and if you're a leader like that, you know, it's kind of introverted and he's not that same outspoken guy, then as a player, you know something's up. So it's yeah. kind of like if he's not feeling it, we don't have a chance. Now, now guys are going to say, oh, no, no, no. But really, when they play hard and he's doing his thing, a lot of it has to do with how he flows. And he didn't have that, that Cam Newton persona at the Super Bowl that he needed to have. Right. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, leadership is shown when when adversity strikes. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously I don't think he, he showed good leadership uh, in, in this particular instance in the Super Bowl. I mean, he was, you know, kind of front-running all year. He did have some comebacks, and he played pretty well uh, in the fourth quarter and, <clears throat> and really did rally the troops. But I think, you know, kind of next-level leadership is like, yeah, when you're down, you got to, you know, step up and, and, and ride the troops and, and get everybody on the same page and, and uh, overcome some adversity. And I think, I don't know, what do you think is, is going to happen next year with, with, with Cam? I mean, do you think that, uh, do you think he's going to be as flamboyant on the field and kind of just do the exact same thing he's been doing, you know, this entire season? Or do you think he's going to kind of tone it down and, and uh, um, be a little more subdued? What do you, what do you think he's going to do next year? No, I mean, no. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to tone it down. I mean, I, I think that uh, that persona helps him be Cam Newton, helps him play better, play harder, do the things that he does. I mean, that that's his comfort zone. And so to ask him to change that, uh, we're not going to get the same football player, you know, unfortunately. So, and I don't have a problem with him being flamboyant and stuff. I just think that at the same time, when it's time to, you know, when you do get your butt beat, then be a man about it. Don't pout like a little kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And and for, so for people to say that, well, he's just being Cam, well, that doesn't make it right. It really doesn't. So instead of saying just be Cam, then you want to say step up and be a man about it, you know, because, right. you know, you want to first one high-fying, hitting your chest and everything when you're on top. But, you know, when you're on bottom... You, you still have to get in front of the cameras and let them know, hey, here's what happened, boom, boom, boom. You know, it can be short, but, you know, give them an answer. Don't, don't, don't be up there pouting about it. Just give them an answer and move on. You know, you, you are playing a professional sport, so be a professional. How do you, how do you think the other, other teams and other players are going to react to him next year? And I, to me, it seems like this was such a – uh, kind of a you know a failure at the end of the year after you know they were just again just front running so much and and you know they were just kind of the talk of the town and the kind of way they played and I mean I, I just I, I can imagine them just being a a major target next year and uh, I'm just wondering if they're you know how how that season the season's going to go for them because I think that they're they're going to be kind of on everybody's list to to take down how do you think that's going to play out. Well, you know, I think that, you know, this year blends to last year. So they're, they're all the same. And I don't think anybody's going to be doing anything but trying to beat the two teams that made it to the Super Bowl. And, and that's how they're going to look at it. You know, for Cam, Cam just needs to be aware that, you know, they got a target on their chest. 
and like most, you know, Super Bowl teams, the teams play harder against those two teams. And so they're just going to be need to be able to withstand the onslaught because players always try to beat the Super Bowl teams more. And mm-hmm. as, But as long as Carolina is on their game, as long as they still have their stout defense, if, if Cam just really gets back to the Cam that we saw during the regular season in the playoffs and not that Cam in the Super Bowl, then they have a good chance of coming back. They have a great chance of making the playoffs again. And so who knows what will happen. And sometimes that second time around, you can bet he will be in a much better state of mind if they are fortunate enough to get back to the Super Bowl again. Because there's no question he is beating himself up. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's the mind games that he plays with himself that will determine how he moves forward. So, you know, he needs to get all the soaking out and all that, you know, I screwed up, I played like a punk, or, you know, I didn't do this right or that right, to I'm used to doing things right. This is what I know I can do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to show these guys that I am a Super Bowl caliber winning quarterback by winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how it plays out. I mean, it, uh, <laughs> they couldn't have uh, you know, had, a, had a much better regular season this year, and I think they, they, they really did kind of surprise a lot of, a lot of people. You know, I thought you know, at the beginning of the year, I mean, just looking at their receiving core and what they lost, and, um, you know, it just didn't seem like they had enough offensive weapons to even, um, you know, maybe, maybe a, a sneak into the playoffs. But uh, other than that, I didn't really – see them as, as such a threat and uh yeah they really surpassed expectations this year and uh, again you know i think that they're they're not going to be surprising anyone next year they're they're going to be i think public enemy number one honestly in the nfl and it, it'll be interesting to see how how cam reacts and and, and the team reacts because you know i think they are going to get everybody's the best effort and um you know again if, if adversity sets in you know, we'll see how, how they react. But, um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a learning lesson for him, and, and he'll bounce back. Yep, very true. Well, you know, like what, like, like what you said earlier, you know, I mean, you know, you know, adversity shows who you really are. So, you know, for him to get through this and come back and do the things that I know he's capable of doing, that's what my belief is. Those are my expectations. If I had to say to you... What kind of season do I believe he's going to have? I believe he's going to have a great season again next year. I believe he's going to do the same things he has done. Uh, yeah. The the one thing about him, and, and, and it's kind of like when you look at guys, you can really look at them from college and, and see how they respond. You know, you know he, he came through, and nobody talks about it, but, you know, Tim Tebow and his deal. You know, he leaves college, goes away, and, you know, he comes back and wins the Heisman. And, you know, he proved that he is by far a better quarterback than Tim Tebow. So he has that capacity and ability to overcome challenges. And so, and to me, that's, that's, that's a character trait that's always been true with him. In spite of all the other things that he does, I know that deep down he believes in himself. And he knows that he has the character, ability, and the talent to come back and, 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 and win football games and yep. have his team in position to go mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, that's a very good point on that. Very true. So, tell you what, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, what's going on with the Super Bowl and what happened. We'll be right back. 
Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is your host, Chris Marwitz, and we have as our co-host, Mark Lawson. And as our guest today, we have Nesby Glasgow. Nesby, it's always great to look, to talk to you and to hear everything that, that you know about the game and that you've experienced in the game. Um, and, and during the break, you were talking a little bit about working with, with Nick Saban. Could you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I used to work for a company called Pacific Institute in uh in Seattle, the Great Northwest, and he called us in to work with his players because he was having some off-the-field issues. But uh, he didn't realize the information that we were sharing with them would be able to be transferable on to the football field. And so he had us come out for about seven years in a row, I want to say 2007 or 8 to 2013, you know, working with his athletes, just uh, sharing our principles, how to maximize, you know, one's thoughts and and get the best out of yourself. And it was a great experience because, one, that a lot of people don't know this, but Don James, who I played for University of Washington, actually coached Nick Saban and gave Nick his first job. And so uh. that really made it easy for us to come in there. And, uh, you know, he trusted us with his guys and stuff. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, you know, it's the same kind of message going on and on and on. Uh, so it was time for us to move on. That's not the story. But Nick, uh, what I remember more than anything is that he always looked out for his players' best interests. And he wanted those guys to not just be outstanding football players, but be outstanding citizens, fathers, good in their communities. Because he really understood that that acronym NFL stood for not for long. And even as talented as those guys were, most of them weren't going to play in the NFL. And those that did wouldn't play as long as they thought they were going to play. So he wanted to make sure that they had a great college career and they were prepared to move on from college out into the real world 
to, to get a job and, and move on and do the things that are necessary to have a successful life after you're done playing football. That, that, that's pretty impressive like you're, to have that kind of okay. program. Pardon me? I said that's pretty impressive to be able to be a part of that program. Oh, I, you know, I, I loved it because, you know, you could talk to guys and, 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 and the thing about me is that I know I can speak different languages. And what I mean by that, it was something that I realized from my, my coaches. My coaches that could speak to all of us, you know, uh, you know, Don James, you know, a short white guy. You know, he could speak to the brothers. He could speak to the white boys. You know, he could speak to, you know, any of the Hawaiians, any nationality you have on the team. He could, he could say the things that would get your attention and that, you know, you understood how he came at you and it made sense to you. And Nick Saban's the same way, you know. And so it's, it's like uh, Chuck Knox when I went to Seattle. You know, he had that ability just to speak the different languages because that's, that's, that's a head coach's job is to rally his troops and to make sure all his troops really truly understand what he is saying to them. And sometimes you do have to say things differently to different people because of one's culture, because of one's environment, uh, because, how, you know, we were brought up and stuff. So... Uh, you know, Nick Saban, you know, I had a grandson that, that I think, you know, is a pretty good little football player, and if they're still playing football, if Nick Saban was around, he would be the guy I would want him to go play for because I know uh, he wants, even as talented as those guys are on the football field, he wants his guys to be ready for life. And that that was my takeaway from being at Alabama. So, so, Nez, you're kind of having a peek behind the curtain there at, at Alabama. I mean, it's amazing uh, how Saban just every single year pulls in a you know a top three, mostly top one recruiting class. Um, and, and I think the perception of him, kind of from the outside looking in, is that he's you know kind of a serious guy, not uh, not much of a sense of humor, and just kind of like, gosh, how is you know how is he pulling all these kids um, and and just basically naming whoever he wants to, to, you know, go play for their school. And, and uh, you know, it sounds like he's able to, um, like you said, connect with these players and, and uh, on a different level. Is he, is, you know, behind the scenes, is he, is he a different guy than, than what we see on TV? Uh, you know what? He, he, he still is, is somewhat, you know, stiff and harsh. I mean, that, that kind of guy you see is who he is. But in terms of being a, a great recruiter, that's what he does best. I mean, you know, you know, I, I, you know, we used to go back to three games, and you know, on the game day they have a bunch of you know prospects in. You know, after the game, he would sit around and try to have one-on-one conversations with the prospects. I mean, you know, so you know, he 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 just spent so much time uh, trying to get to know guys and let him know what his expectations are. You know, he wasn't having an assistant coach talk to them. He would talk to the guy. So if you have a guy, a figure like that, you know, who when you talk about the top coaches in college, he's always in the conversation that he's going to have a one-on-one conversation with you on your recruiting trip, that kind of blows your mind because you're used to, you know, the coach being in the room, talking to the guys real quickly, and moving on. That's not Nick Saban's style because he wants to get a feel for that guy that he's having to, to come into his environment. So... He really gets to know uh, all his recruits, all his recruits, and you know. And at times, you know, he can be very intimidating. But the thing about him is that 
his door is open. You want to go talk to him, my door is open. And Don James was the same way. My door is always open. Now, most people won't open that door, but at least they're saying, if you have issues, come talk to me. Not just, not just assistant coach, you come talk to me. That's cool. Yeah, it's always always a good thing to have. So, All right, so Nesby, now that the season's over, how much time should players take before they start focusing on next season? And what should they be doing to show up? What, what, should, what should they be doing now um, in order to show up at, at camp in great shape? Well, I'll I, I tell you what, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about me a little bit now. One of the reasons I was able to play 14 years was that uh, I would always uh, start my workout uh, second, third week of February. That's when I would start my workout program. Uh, so conditioning was always big for me. You know, I always wanted to uh, be in tip-top shape for spring, mini camp, going into training camp for the entire season. And, uh, you know, my high school coach instilled in us, and I, I tell everybody that I've ever coached and talked to that, your responsibility as a football player is to play each and every play as hard as you can. And when you get tired, it's my job, Ralph Vidal, starting in high school, would say, and it's my job to see that you are running out of gas and to give you a break. And we bought into that as a team. We had success, one city championship in L.A. So when I went to Washington, I did the same thing. When I got to the NFL, you know, I would see guys coming to minicamp kind of out of shape. And... I always I made it a point that I'm not going to be that guy trying to wait for training camp to get in shape. So I want to always be ready to play, so to speak, when I showed up for any type of camp. So mm-hmm. and, and you know, even as an old dude, I can move and run and do a lot of things the young guys could do because they were always, you know, shocked that you know I told them you know how long I've been in the league. You know, yet I could turn and go back to the plan drive just as well as they could. And they were like, man, you got to be kidding me. But that's because my mindset was that I'm going to be in the best shape of my life every year I play this game of football. And there are so many talented guys that <clears throat> miss that because they, they don't train. They're not preparing themselves. And for whatever reason, you know, they, they didn't have a long career. And when they look back on it, you know, they'll say, hey, man, I wish I had a train like you. I said, well, I tried to get you to them. You kept saying no, so. Right. Right. That's a good way to be. Well, we're going to have to wrap this show up. Uh, Nesby, it's great to have you on as always. Love hearing to you, love talking to you and hearing your stories. And thank you for talking to us about uh, what your thoughts on the Super Bowl. So it's been a great week. You got Mark- it. It's always a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Mark. It's always good to have you on with us and love love uh, your your insight on things. So, everyone, have a great week. Cool. You as well. Take thank care. You. All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.